You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone, to the 9to5 Entertainment System, the best podcast that you're listening to right now. What do we talk about, gentlemen? We talk about dance music in the 90s. We talk about Rocco's Basilisk. We talk about the NFL taking a knee. We talk about the Golden Knights and the DPRK shenanigans. Scott? Then we talk about movies like It, Creep, Fate of the Furious. Wait, what? Yep. And we go on to talk about <laughs> Shadow of Mordor, the video game. It's a great episode, y'all. Enjoy it with your family. <laughs> we've just we've just chosen to leave it. I just leave feel it like in the 90s. dance music hasn't be been as popular. Right? Like there's new dance music. And what? And electro. And Sorry, EDM. dance music hasn't been as popular as it was in the 90s. No, it's. What are you talking no, about? I like like as 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 pop music. Dance music as pop. I feel like there's feel pop music. Kind of but now dance music is not something that they're going to play on the radio. And it's just going to be like. I mean, well, it depends. Like Nicki Minaj and like Katy Perry and all Pop them. Music, that, that, yeah, no, I but mean, that's still dance music. Not like yeah, real to real and snap and like two unlimited and CNC music wow. factory. <laughs> like that Chris, music. Chris where that was Chris like, was hip hop. Where like that was as dark club as you can get. Like we're so. I don't. I feel you're like not giving your dues not, to like not. industrial and stuff like that, and like hardcore. Yeah, it's not, not, it's not on the radio. I feel That's like we're all dance swing music was your so mic widely closer, Scott. Ex- swing it accepted. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What's going on, guys? How you doing? It's nine to five entertainment system. I think it's like one forty-one. We're doing a thought experiment today. A thought experiment. Okay, you guys have to be ready for this, though. Okay, I'm ready. My here, mind is open. Here is the experiment. My I, mind. I will. I will say you guys can bow out of this, and we will actually not do this. Okay. If you believe in metaphysical risks, this thought experiment would put you at risk of punishment or perhaps your children or your children's children at risk of punishment. I'm pretty excited that Merely I'm not planning on having kids. By participating in this. Well, it might be you. It might be an infinite of torture for you as a consequence of, of merely participating. If we discuss this, it's a little bit like the game. Like, if we talk about it, now you are in at risk. Okay, so just, I mean, I guess, late, I mean... You ready? Yeah, go. Okay, you're just, just you have to acknowledge your, your, your you allowing... You need to sign up. And I guess yeah. listeners, I guess... Like, what you as listen? well, listener. Yeah, it was like, like I guess, stop listening and don't listen to this podcast if you're afraid for your eternal soul. Right. Ever, this ever, ever again, because we're going to be talking about this. This is what the show's about now. Okay, now. it's applied metaphysics, okay? Okay. So, this is, this is called Rocco's Basilisk. Okay. okay, so there I'm is familiar with Rocco's modern life. And have I'm you familiar <laughs> with Basilisk? Have you have you ever heard of the singularity as it applies to artificial intelligence? Mm, like it rings a bell. Okay, so sure. there's this there's this concept that there's a point where the AIs are going to get powerful enough to improve themselves, right? And they're going to go into this feedback loop where they just keep improving, improving, and, and Elon Musk has said it is the greatest threat to humanity. Correct, and it's so it's very very people people are real. Scott is making a, a scrunchy face. Yeah, I just saw a movie about this. Like this exact concept. Ex Machina. Okay. <laughs> no. Nope. Which was it? I'm trying to think. Alien That's why Covenant. my face was scrunching up. Okay. Oh. Well, 
Keep going. When you get it, come back. So, now, what is this thing... When this thing is finally created, okay, mm-hmm. now it's going to have the ability to, to run around and, and manipulate and influence the world in a way that no other AI ever has before. Right, it'll make a god. Right, it'll... it'll in a sense, yes, that's the, that's the danger. Now, this god now has the choice to punish people who did not attempt to bring about its creation. Right. Now, the only people who it can punish, reasonably are the people who knew about its eventual existence and who chose not to commit their lives fully to its existence. Right. By ch- so now by us being aware that this thing could exist and not doing everything we can to bring about its existence, now it is, is going to say, I have these people who are, in a sense, allied against me, and now I need to punish them. I feel that you're eliminating a gray zone. Right? Which is? Which is like, I purchased a robot vacuum, thereby indirectly like spurring forward the world but of robots. you could have done more. You could, could have quit done your more, job. But I'm just saying, but, but you're still, you're assuming that this like all-knowing, all-seeing robot yeah. is going to only view things in black and white and not understand nuances. Like, I feel that like there's like people no, who No, 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 it, it gets way worse, okay? Because okay. if you believe in multiverse theory, and, and probably you should... Okay, it needs to punish everybody who did not go and work to bring about but its why creation. Does it need to? Because in the multiverse, it will be guaranteeing its creation in more instances. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. It wasn't a movie. It was an episode of Elementary with okay. Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> uh-huh. someone, well, if someone, Johnny Lee Miller is involved, sign me up. So someone murdered a computer scientist that was working on AIs based on the how exact does... opposite of this in trying to prevent I was going to say how does this happening? relate to Chappie and DeAntwoord? But <laughs> no, so so the 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 first philosophy forum that this thing popped up on, somebody actually deleted the thread and was like you're not allowed to talk about this anymore. <laughs> no, but that's it. It's just I feel that the robot like wants its creation and like obviously can self-replicate and all that. I just I don't I don't assume malevolence i mean there's nothing malevolent about this and in fact it can be totally altruistic and still punish and torture your children to to infinity why would they do this because every every amount of extra effort that goes into creating them earlier in time right will cause more good than the damage that they will cause by punishing people who do not work to bring about its creation I don't know. I feel that you're, it's an oversimplification of it. Just mm-hmm. because you're just sort of like, if you're, like, just because you meant, like, if humans were better at making things mm-hmm. and were not, like, historically terrible at things when they, you know, go all in and devote their lives to it and then or get single minded about it. We're extremely it. good at that. No, we're pretty, like. What are you, like, insane? Like the pyramids going to the moon? Single minded devotion to things has always turned out amazing. In 10 years, they got to the moon. Right. So that, they weren't single minded. That those, is absolutely those true. Those NASA scientists had families. Okay, I'm they, just saying like the, maybe okay. they would have done it sooner if they were torturing the ch- the, the children. Yeah, but I don't. Na- I, here's where I beg to differ. Okay, because of the fact that like the absolute like the age of innova- innovation and invention and all that stuff is like like the United States of America like shattered all global expectations with how many inventions and like stuff they did in the last century, right? Oh, okay, like all major progress and all that stuff, literally in the land of the free. All other major empires, like Roman Empire, the Egyptian Empire, all that stuff, had their breakthroughs, but like fractions of what, in the land of the free, the free thinkers and free inventors could create. Uh, okay. So, by that logic, like having an element of freedom is better to like have innovations. Well, you you are sort of you're definitely correct that that is true, but you haven't like you don't you maybe you're underestimating the motivation of. 
Maybe, like perhaps, but I'm just saying it's like it's just I'm saying it's like if this if this program wants mm-hmm. itself to be invented quicker, yeah, like it, so it doesn't even exist yet, and yeah. it is still influencing behavior. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because of course. <laughs> but but you, but you you see what I'm saying though, right? Like the the, the, the most innovation that humanity has mm-hmm. had, like happens to coincide with like the most creative and like freedom that we've had. Like the dark ages were the dark ages because okay. people were not allowed to have freedoms and all that stuff. Yeah. So like more freedom could, if you like analyze like the whole of human history, equate yes. to you're, a you're faster totally invention. right that that's true. But you, but but like you're, it's not like you need to invent everything. All I mean, it cares about this is one, its creation. This one thing. That's I mean, right. But, and but like every technological are... advancement gets closer to it, right? Like small, okay. like better battery capacity, like internet, like all of all of those things. So what are you what, what are you arguing? I'm arguing that I was like single-mindedly like becoming a slave for a thing that doesn't exist yeah. to hope that it exists might not actually be the fastest way to create it. It seems like it could be, or mm-hmm. it could be a fast way, but it might not black and white be okay, the fastest way. Okay, but you way. are so right you're now. saying that by doing this podcast, you're in fact pushing towards the development of this AI. I think so. I'm putting hours and hours of my recorded voice for which it to peruse well, in that is That is absolutely irrelevant. <laughs> what is relevant, though, is that we're spreading it, right? Because if more people hear about it, then there's more people who would be likely to do something. But every minute that you yeah, are but going... is that doing something pushing towards it or coming after the podcasters who are pushing towards it in an attempt to prevent it, Skynet style? Uh, if, if there was time travel... Maybe people would come back in time to kill people who spread this idea. Because if it was created, then you would get a Skynet situation. Either way, downloads are downloads, man. That's a statistic. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. You know what? Whether like, it's I, the AI I downloading say, it or it's John I Connor downloading I welcome the downloads it. that come from the bots. Yeah. Our future over- robot overlords. I welcome them coming from John Connor and his army listening <laughs> for a way to prevent our well, robot exactly. overlords. Anyway, look up Rocco's basilisk. Maybe I didn't explain it that well. I know. I, I, mm. I get. I, I get it. I just don't think that's it's the only path to creation. Would be like single-minded devotion, like. Just like his. this from a religious man. It, I know it, you're a very strange person. <laughs> I am not nothing if it is not contradictory. Just take a knee, Keith. Okay. <laughs> Just take a knee on this. Oh my God, are we going to talk so about what was the deal take with that? There this. was a thing with baseball. A whole team didn't come out for the end of the national anthem. NF- NFL football. NFL team. <laughs> three three whole teams didn't come out. Yeah. Okay. And there was sure. potentially going to be more, but then some people chickened out and stuff, right? Like originally, they were there was talk that it was going to be like an NFL wide protest this past Sunday. It was. It was the number I saw was around twelve percent of players took a knee. Yeah, which is still very. That's a large. But, no, that's a lot of players, and a lot of other players locked arms with their teammates in solidarity. Mm-hmm. What is this for? So Donald Trump. Well, no, so I guess to, to, sorry, to, to, listeners. Re, uh, rewind us like real quick to Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Okay. Colin Kaepernick took a knee during every national anthem last season and was like a fine quarterback. He's not sure. an all-star quarterback, but a fine quarterback. Now he cannot get a well, contract. Then, back it up, back it even further. Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. A crappy team. An, a bad team, and a, but he was an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, in order to protest police violence against black Americans. Mm-hmm. He refused to stand for the national anthem. Right around the Baltimore riots, I think, is where it started, if I'm not mistaken. One of the riots. One of the, one of the, one of the race riots. He okay. was just like, he's like, we need to discuss this. A, a so peaceful, he just started doing a it. A peaceful pe- application of his uh, First Amendment rights. Sure, 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 sure. Right. Like, no one else. Doesn't affect anyone else but him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't, he's not, not playing. He's not not dressing. He just takes a knee during the national anthem. And he was like, yeah, I know everybody's going to ask me about it. I'm a public... Sure. Figure or whatever else like that, and I will have and had like very very thought out response. thought out responses. He wasn't just like so much bad in the world, man. You know, like he like yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Spelled he it out he, real he went into it with a mission plan. 
Yeah. Uh, his contract expired at the end of the season, and he has not been signed by any other NFL team, including hmm. the 49ers. Due to some debate there, some people are saying, well, he was a middling player on a middling team. Yeah. Uh, other player, other people and, and critics are saying that uh, teams are afraid to sign him due to the political shadow the that he will bring to any team. Okay. Where, you know, who is it? Who is it? Oh, my God. There was there was a great video. Just sorry. But there were, like, players who do play in the NFL. Like, people with, like, multiple convictions for violence and gun ownership and drug situations mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And they were, like, people who do not play in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> like, it was just, like, so, like, which, which uh, like, what do what, you want to do? What's a dark yourself? cloud on the team? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, who's, gonna, who's bringing negative attention to the team? Huh. The guy who has, like, multiple convictions for, like, violence and, like, drunk and disorderlies? Ray Rice got reassigned after he beat his wife up on camera in an elevator. Yep. Like, like not a nice video to watch. This is a NFL, hard everybody. Video. So now there's people so, taking a knee in so solidarity a few, other people, a few other people were taking a knee this season, uh-huh. um, believing that the problem persists and has been worse under the new uh, administration. Sure. Um, to which Donald Trump started tweeting about it. And calling them sons of bitches and saying NFL owners should fire these people who don't stand up for the national anthem. Wow. Good. <laughs> That's right. So 12% of the NFL knelt on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three teams didn't come out of their locker rooms during the national anthem. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers released a statement saying some of our players will kneel, some won't. And any of them who do anything will be open to criticism. So we're just going to do our protests hmm. or support inside the locker room. And then it's none of your business. Hmm. Donald Trump went after them again a lot. The fans were mixed on it. And then NASCAR today said that any NASCAR driver who refuses to stand will automatically lose their license to drive. NASCAR. NASCAR don't fire anyone. <laughs> like America. Like MLB and NHL. Which is, are all which is like... surprising considering the high number of African American NASCAR drivers. Right. And Yeah, because like MLB and the NHL. Uh, have like basically like there was one player in, in baseball who did over the weekend who knows yeah. player for the athletics mm-hmm. uh nhl don't really have any black americans <laughs> the only black people think of austin Canadian. matthews doesn't there's like jerome he, the jerome he's canadian uh, and there's the like Subban, pk Subban. who's <laughs> canadian <laughs> like yeah it's not a not a non-issue but it's it's not a racially specific issue but they haven't but they haven't that. gone out and issued any like <laughs> you will get your NHL player's license revoked mm. right. if you do well, something. The NFL said just the opposite. They said, we support our players to make yeah. whatever decisions peaceful statements. And then, mm-hmm. We support the First Amendment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Like the first one. Also, as this is happening, uh, Steph Curry from the NBA championship uh, Golden State Warriors said... I'm not sure if I'd go to the White House if I was invited, as is the custom for all championship teams in the States. Mm-hmm. To which Donald Trump said, going to the White House is a big honor. Uh, all of you are no longer invited. To which LeBron James made a big statement calling him a bum and gave a big video about it. saying Calling Trump a bum? Calling Trump a bum. Wow. And it's the most retweeted tweet in Twitter history now, what, what LeBron James did. Because he's probably he's the biggest James. sports star in, yeah. in the world right now. That's crazy. Um, Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, well, the other, weekend in sports. The, weird, the weirdest footnote of this was that uh, in a sign of, uh, like, a, one of the biggest protests happened 
by the Washington Redskins. Yeah, a team that are still called the Washington Redskins. Redskins. <laughs> yeah. While they're sitting there, like the owner came down and like linked arm with the players and everything to show their their solidarity in support of their players' First Amendment rights. Hmm. They're still called the Washington Redskins. I was saying this. I, said this I don't like it. That still messes with me. I'm not happy that that exists. Uh, I think we've covered uh, why <laughs> some racism in in sports and yeah. sports mascots before, but the Redskins are the most racist of them. Yep. The Redskins is actually a slur. Yep, and, and their logo is. Is a as a caricature. No, their logo is an Indian head. It's not, but it's not the. That's the Cleveland Indians, which Cleveland is the, Indians is the character. But yeah. the Redskins is actually they're named after a racial slur, and by a famously racist owner. <laughs> and they have players kneeling to protest the racist. It's yeah, it it's messes with weird. me so much. One of my favorite things that kind of just like weird again like, like I don't know how you can take a knee and then take a paycheck. Yeah, that's when you're playing for the Washington Redskins in this well, situation. There's $100,000 in that paycheck or hundreds of At thousands least. of dollars in the paycheck. Exactly. Yeah, so that's how you take it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the, um, so the Las Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. uh, the new, uh, the new like, Las Vegas NHL hockey team, they uh, have a Twitter account. And they're <laughs> run by a fucking shitball. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. He's like talk. I mean, like, it makes sense. They're trying to like – they, they trash talking. Trash talking every team and just really? like whatever else. I mean, like there's nothing to lose. They have no legacy. Like they're, they're not anything. They're just like any time we <laughs> engage anybody is the best. Like they don't have like 100 years of history and lineage yeah, yeah, yeah. to like protect. They're new this season? Yeah, the brand new. That's it's awesome. like a brand new team. Yeah. But anyway, but, but one of their tweets that I just – I loved, but they were just sort of like – they're like they're they're up like they're up three and zero or four and zero in the in the preseason, and they're just gloating about preseason wins, which like a bunch <laughs> of other official Twitter accounts are like, "Cool your Jets, yeah. Golden Knights." But one of those tweets was like, "They're like we're up two and zero or three and zero," and they were like, "That's more wins than the Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, the, Washington Football Club, and, and the Washington Professional Football Team." <laughs> like just di- didn't didn't tag them in the tweet, didn't do anything, and just like the Washington Professional Football Team just like <laughs> refused to call them by their name, and I was like, "Good ons." Yeah. Las Vegas Golden Knights. There's, there's a sports announcer in Toronto who, for 11 years, has not said Cleveland Indians. He just said Cleveland up to bat. That's good stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he never. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it only caught on because the because Cleveland made it to the World Series last year, and people were just like, "Hey, you never say that." He's like, "I haven't for a long time." Mm-hmm. Good. And then they yeah. went back and checked, and they're like, "He, he really hasn't." <laughs> He's <laughs> like, oh. Uh, just because I'm a sports broadcaster doesn't mean I necessarily. Damn, the Indians logo is so racist. Yeah, the Indians it's logo so is bad. Bananing. That's with the little the little cricketer with the feather on the top, the right? Yeah, that it, yeah, it's a big smile. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. How do you put? And they have another logo. They wear hats with just the C on it. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. looks nice. Yeah. And they refuse to drop the really racist cricketer. Just I don't and I don't get that. Oh, yeah, I love that man. Did you guys watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the most recent season? Mm, a no. couple episodes of it, not the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. Like, they go into the the Washington Redskins like it's a whole subplot. It's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious and like it just like point like they start to just like rename them about things that like they're like wait a second people are buying your jerseys just to like burn them so they realize they're like hang on there's like <laughs> <laughs> there's like marketability here but they were like so wait we need something that like one group of people can be really into and one people can really hate so all the nfl teams that are like uh like they become like the cleveland men's rights activists <laughs> or whatever so it's like one group of people want to burn the jerseys and the other people are like yeah we're right and they're like, yeah. like proud gun owners and like all the nfl teams just like becoming just incredibly like some people are really into them and some people really hate them we mm-hmm. need to just make sure the we s- capture those markets the seattle north koreans <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> the uh, seattle the houston rocket men 
Oh, uh, nice. Nice one. That's so Did bad you news. see that uh, the, the other news with Donald Trump today? I, I try not to. This, is, this one is really good. So he tweeted that um, if North Korea keeps up their current yeah, actions, yeah, absolute destruction. Uh, their, their country will be no more. And the he has a bunch of advisors United, being like, "Do not threaten them." That's the thing that they're the, gonna have to respond to. The the foreign yeah. delegate from North Korea comes up. And he's like, "This is a head of state of the United States who threatened the end of our country. This is a declaration of war." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, and then made a big statement saying like, any jets or bombers that are flying, even if it's not over North Korean airspace, if it's approaching us, we we're, we're ready to shoot them out of the air. I'm just like. Well, that's great. That's World War Three, right there. Fuck. It, North it's, Korea. North Korea getting offended about about the tweet and then shooting down an American bomber is the escalation to war. There's there's a lot of posturing that has to happen before it actually starts. They just said and, don't because the states flew a bunch of yeah uh, last week. Last week they said they were going to fly by to show how they're ready to and they whatever. did and yeah. they flew over the demilitarized zone. Yeah. yeah. And now North Korea is saying do it again and we'll shoot you down. Yeah, because you declared war. That'd on be us. a pretty big deal. And it wasn't. You, it wasn't just like a press secretary. It was like the the foreign diplomat. Yeah, yeah. The United States. Did you see that uh, the great bit of internet sleuthing, like the with one of Trump's advisors? Like, there's like a clip of him just like all of a sudden just like face palming during Trump's UN speech. Oh, it's the um, uh, the press secretary. Yeah, no, the, the guy, his boss. Media relations or whatever. What does he do? Anyway, it's, 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 it's just, chief it's of staff. It's a chief like of people staff. just sort of like his reaction to uh, Trump's North Korea. Uh, comments and it's just him face palming and people were like do we really know he's the guy that the, the American general that replaced Scaramucci the right chief yeah, yeah. yeah they're like do we really know that this is his reaction to this or is it this is just like something out of context and maybe he's just like rubbing his forehead and all that stuff and they're like hold on we can see his watch <laughs> <laughs> so they like magnified and figured out within the minute of when it was happening and then they were like within this minute and this minute of the speech was him talking about rocket man and blowing up North Korea in the UN speech right. so they were like he just happens to be doing that Within the same minute that Donald Trump was calling the leader of North Korea Rocket Man and saying he was going to blow them up. It's just like the poor dude. I can't. Yeah, it's insanity. Want to talk about movies, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> so we talked last episode about um, the highest grossing horror movie of all time. It. Now it's the highest grossing. Highest grossing. It was the highest grossing opening weekend. Yeah. Now it's the highest grossing of all time. Yeah. R rated of all time. Yeah, yeah, it passed Deadpool and all that stuff. So no, not it didn't pass. Yeah, dead, as an R-rated opening, it passed Deadpool. Uh, opening weekend, but not total gross. No, they will obviously. It passed, it's, been, it's been out a month, yeah. like Deadpool. Yeah, it passed. It is now the highest grossing R-rated horror movie of all time, and it's yeah. still making money. Yeah, mm-hmm. as of uh, September twenty fourth, on this thirty five million dollar movie has made four hundred and seventy seven million dollars. It's not bad. It's pretty intense. And like we did talk about last time too, that it's like the, the foreign is a little low. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's like less than domestic usually kind of gets a bump. But I mean, I think that makes sense because, you know, like I don't think horror movies play as well in India and China. And There's a bit of a cultural background to it that yeah. makes it meaningful. So anyway, so John and I went to go see it like the mm-hmm. day after last podcast. And John, what did you think? I think I quite liked it. 
I felt like it had some pacing issues at the start. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's um the the opening sequence is basically them. In, you know, you have like a scary moment between the clown and each character. Yep. Over and over and over again. And so like you get a you get a little like look at how each character reacts and what his special relationship is with it. But it gets a little like formulaic. You know, you know like there's going to be a group scene, and then an individual scene. Group scene, individual scene, yeah. and whatever. But it was still like fun. And, so, and yeah, I mean and that 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 mirrors the book a lot, right? Where yeah. it's just sort of yeah. like they they get together and they're never really sure. They don't even know initially if they can even like talk about it because mm -hmm. they're like, is this only happening to me? Am I just a scared little kid? No one's going to believe me. Blah 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 blah. And it takes a little while for them to realize that they're all seeing. Pennywise and like so he's just sort of like infiltrating them and getting all those moments I didn't hate that because I feel that like a lot of horror movies do that that thing where there's like the initial scare and then there's like a really long time with no scares yeah this kept it up this like settles it down picks it up again as soon as one of those kids is alone you're like oh man Pennywise is coming like however he's I, gonna I will do say it. that it relied pretty heavily upon like loud noises and and Strikes jump scare music. kind of stuff you know which I didn't really work for me that well I don't know. I found the only the only really big jump scare was when uh, when he came out of the film for me mm. personally. I thought a lot of them were just like pretty creepy and kind of messed up. I mean, I also think that we're kind of at a point as as veteran horror movie goers <laughs> that like a lot of people were just sort of like, uh, who is it? Yeah, like Stephen King was saying how like creepy and macabre like the painting was, mm. like the painting come to life, yeah. and I was like, Stephen, <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, it, like yeah. it's not that creepy, but. <laughs> like you know, you know what I mean. But I was like, but there's a lot of people that were like, "Oh, the painting was messed up." And Can we like, talk about the twist? The twist. Yeah. The the lack of a ten page orgy scene between children. Well, that that is what one a twist. twist. What a twist. The, the no, lack. There's no adult section. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's like, a big. That's a big change yeah. from everything. So this. Well, obviously except for the fact that it does. Sequel. It does at the end say, chapter one. Of course. Right. Of course, so like, and the they're already they're already going into. But the horror of the book and of the TV miniseries was that. It's happening again, and yeah. then their memories start to come back. Yeah. So for that to be wholly absent from the movie, it's a big change. It's a big change. Big change. Big change. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, but the miniseries handled that way too. The miniseries, like first part was kids, second nope. part was adults. No, nope. wasn't it started? No, no, because a lot of their memories come back in flashback when they make it back to Derry. Yeah, they're mm. like right because they've all they've all suppressed the memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, it's not. They're not sure if it's even repressed memories because. They're like, how could we possibly forget this as a group? Yeah. It's like something magical right? Maybe yeah. that affects all the adults in Derry, that they all kind of forget it. Hmm. Yeah. With the exception of Mike, who's the one who stays behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah he becomes a librarian. Yeah. But yeah, so one of the things that I was, I was like really worried going into this, right? Because like, I mean, uh, this was arguably in production hell for like nearly oh, totally. a decade, right? Totally. Like, like I was like looking this up. So Two it, different Pennywises. Multiple, yeah, three different directors, creative forces behind it. It was originally was developed like this project started off in two thousand nine. Yeah, uh, Carrie that was originally going to be both parts in uh, in one film because mm -hmm. that was what because like a, it's Warner Brothers, I think that owns it. Yeah, Warner Brothers owns it. Warner Brothers was really adamant about that. Like they wanted to do it in two, and they were like, no, it's got to be one. It's got to be one. And I guess like I'm trying to think like two thousand nine. It's like eight years ago. Like I don't know if maybe there hadn't been as many. Like it's like pre MCU ish. Like it was before I think like film series had become just like accepting. Yeah. You know, like it was just like it might have been like Twilight. I think was just just kind of happening. You know, like Harry Potter was just starting to get going. Like it kind of makes sense that they're like people well, aren't Harry Potter had been running for a little while, but that's 
well, that was that was that, a juggernaut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. But it's just like I think that like that might have been why they were pushing it. So yeah, it was uh, it was going to be a single film with screenwriter David Kajganik. And then that became a dual film project with uh, Kerry Fukunaga, yeah. who was the dude who was, from True Detective. Yeah, was running yeah. True Detective with uh, the other guy from True Detective, like mm-hmm. the I can't remember his name. But yeah, so it's like then they got attached. Then he like Kerry Joji, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, he he bailed, yeah. like, and also kind of kind of said it was unworkable, like in his <laughs> in when he left, yeah. like was just sort of like, yep, yeah, we have different uh, we have different creative outlooks on this, and blah 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 blah. And then this other dude, Andy Muschietti, uh, and his sister Barbara came along to rescue it. And even as it stands right now, the final film had five producers and eight executive producers. That's Thir- crazy. Thirteen producers on this thing credited. So you're like, like all of the like ingredients were like the a Duke Nukem is, forever, you know? Like it paid off. Yeah, five million dollar budget, five hundred million dollars oh, for worldwide, sure. But I mean, you but you can understand like the trepidation going into this. Like it's yeah. you're like this is gonna be Duke Nukem forever. This is gonna just be like a a sloppy mess with like too many cooks and all that. But they it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a sloppy mess. Like uh, I don't think it was great, but it definitely. I I was kind of thinking I got, yeah. as a mainstream horror. I don't think it, there's been one that good in a while. Mm-hmm. Like for sure, it's like and a, it's not like a gimmick horror, right? It's not like a found footage horror. It's not like a oh yeah, uh, you know, a, I don't know. Like it's, it's just creepy. It's a creepy space clown yeah. that has superpowers, man. Like it's yeah. like here's here's the the thing. You take it. No, it's it. The thing is a different one. What is and, it? And the trope that it plays with. And you think of the last really good horror movie. I'm say Cabin in the Woods, like okay. mainstream. Yeah. And they play with horror movie tropes. Mm-hmm. So they set up the things in a horror movie that you automatically get the, the gist of. So for Cabin in the Woods, it's a group of college friends go to a cabin mm-hmm. yeah. out in the woods and mm-hmm. have scary adventures. And with it, it's a group of preteen children yeah. that have a scary adventure and have to bond to beat the bad guy. So you get Goonies in there. You get... Well, that's what I was going to say. It plays a lot like a horror movie. Stand Goonies. By Me. You get Monster Squad. You get that, that trope of... The nerd kids have to fight when no one else believes them. Yeah, sure, sure, kind sure. of thing. Which, which also, which means, mean, which means that any plot can hit the ground running. You're just like, oh, I, I get, yeah, the trope. I uh, accept and understand what's happening right the, away. The misfits have to band together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean, and mm. I, I, I think it would have done well one way or the other, but I'm sure it got like some kind of a like cultural zeitgeist boost from Stranger Things. Totally. Like the fact that we're totally. just like we're a year out from. A band of misfit nerds fighting a supernatural evil mm-hmm. with being one of the biggest like cultural hits of and starring one of the kids from Stranger starring Things. one of the kids from Stranger Things is in it. Who is also like and he plays uh, he that kid plays Richie in it, which is like a very different character from the Stranger Things mm-hmm. character. Like kid actually shows range. Like it would have been very easy for him to have been almost like they could have almost made him the same character and no one would have batted it. Well, if he would have played Billy, it would have been. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He could have been Bill. Like Like if, you know, on a more subtle level, there's like a Lovecraftian element to the horror of both of those characters. Yeah. Right. That, that is like the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, stranger things knew that they were doing the trope. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. For like, no, with no doubt, but it's just that I think that like, I feel like it as a novel is old enough to be kind of, fresh into the trope but strange stranger things let's also was, not was building on it it the novel is a gigantic fucking mess right and there's the, a lot going there's on. a lot that happens there that's fucking crazy there's like and like and, a, a, atuin or whatever the turtle who vomited well hold on we're gonna creation. supposedly there's gonna be a turtle in the sequel the um the like the, the, they they cut out a lot from that book and it, they did it well 
You know, they yeah. they could have left in a lot of fucking crazy stuff. That and apparently uh, they they threw in all kinds of like little Easter eggs and stuff like that that I was hmm. like not fresh enough with the. <laughs> I got, I'd read the book and I high haven't school. read it since high school. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm like 20 years out or whatever from having read the book, and it's like, <laughs> uh, like apparently when uh when Pennywise's mouth like f- fully opens up and there's like the lights that swirl inside because mm-hmm. the book describes the deadlights. The deadlights, exactly. That's <laughs> it. So they were like, it, did they actually had like the deadlights? inside of his mouth and stuff like there was a couple of like little was it warner brothers who did the dark tower also that was a disaster though right it like, was i think so um, i'd be curious though if they were building the stephen king expanded universe because it, it's like in the books yeah and and they could put connections between these films maybe Captain if they trips. were very clever well but, but i feel that the, uh, but, but the dark... walking dude yeah but Captain like trips but dark tower was supposed to be the kickoff of a series and that got fully canceled it was a totally, disaster totally, right totally, like, yeah what a disaster. I didn't see it, but I hear they jammed seven books of the Dark Tower into a single movie. That's insanity. Seems like a poor decision. Yeah, I'm still, I'm pretty sure right now I'm going to take a hard pass on it. Yeah. I don't think I can watch it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Which sucks. I, I love the, the first, the miniseries. The yeah, but that's series, what I'm saying, like, but like, so it's not even spoilers, really. No, like, I, mean, I mean, I'm yeah. just saying, it's like, miniseries spoilers, whatever. Like, like you, know, you know the body count of the film. Yep. Already. So like, you also know which characters are going to buy it. And which yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I know exactly why I'm going to have a problem with the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the Because your kid just loves making folded boats. And, just and chasing <laughs> down the rain. And just <laughs> running down the rain. Hey, I don't know. I looked at the trailer and I looked at Georgie and I was just like, Hey, Archie, come here. I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> just give me a hug. Just give me a hug. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll have to wait a few years until like he's in school and stuff. He's a little oh, older. man. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's messed up and it. Like I know what's gonna happen, and I've I've seen it in the miniseries. Cool. It's the same freaking scene, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, they did it. They, they, they Skarsgård puts on a good it. I yeah. loved I loved his creepy little voice. It was like like tense and understated. And it was I good. liked also yeah. that he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. His um, his kind of like vacant stare was mm-hmm. kind of cool, and also like was like a, a difference of the Tim Curry. Because like you go back and watch, like we were talking about this, uh, Eric and I, the we're talking about this this weekend. They're like the '90s miniseries, like. Has Tim Curry, which is cool, and then a lot of schlocky nonsense. Oh yeah, like just like the, the, people, the visual effects people got not a lot to work with. Yeah. No, the yeah, I mean, like, people they, remember they, that fondly, but it is they, not. They not had that TV good. miniseries, '90s TV miniseries budget to pull off like basically nonstop effects. Yeah, like and a lot of them like there was there's, like, there's some scene in that miniseries that still give me the creeps when when the photo album starts to bleed, yeah, and when the balloon mm-hmm. comes out and bursts in her face. And the parents come in and like, hey, what are you doing? And she's just screaming, trying to clean up the blood, and they can't see it. Oh, man, they crank, they crank that to 11. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, yeah, they go. But there's a lot a of, like, scene. weird plasticine scenes. Like, when uh, Tim Curry comes out of the shower drain. Yeah. And yeah, the drain yeah. just turns into Play-Doh, and he, hey. Yeah. I really like the hair effect in the, sh- in the drain scene. Yeah, like, was wonderful. pulling up the hair wad. But, no, but they, yeah. they, do, they do a room full of blood scene that, like, is like Evil Dead in proportions. The new like, Evil Dead, yeah, you mean? Even new Evil Dead <laughs> yeah. in proportions. Like did volumes you guys, of blood are used a lot. And did you guys see Tim Curry was at Fan Expo this year doing a big arena Q&A auditorium Q and A? I'll bet. He well, one, he's had a stroke. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He yeah, is. Yeah. He, is, he is, looks rough, yeah. but he is goddamn hysterical talking about it. Huh. He tells this anecdote about the Georgie in the drain scene. And he's like, it's really funny working with kid actors. Because he's like, Mr. Curry, you're scaring me. <laughs> and I looked up at him and said, 
good. <laughs> Roll cameras. <laughs> the, the, the fact that he's talking is a good thing. I saw a picture of him from like seven years ago or something, and he was barely able to walk. Well, yeah. No, well, and, like, po- post the initial stroke, he was nonverbal, and they but yeah. they they, yeah. they even said then that like with speech therapy. He could like the muscles were like damaged, not destroyed or whatever. Huh. But like there was a period of time where he was nonverbal, like he was just. Oh, his! I watched a twenty-minute clip of him at that Q and A, and he is goddamn hysterical. Hmm. His comedy timing, timing is. I was impeccable. like, that's so like. I feel that like just as cult superstar, like it doesn't get much bigger as like multiple <laughs> characters. I mean, like Bruce Campbell's obviously, but he's just like just the one. You know, like it's just Ash. Like Jim Curry has like. Uh, Jim Curry? Jim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry has, uh, like, Pennywise and Frankenfurter and, Frank and, <laughs> and the guy from Worst Witch, the, the creepy, like... Uh, He's had a bunch of, like, headmaster. smaller roles like that that are... Uh, Home Alone 2? He was in Home Alone 2. Yeah, he was the maitre d' yeah. at the hotel. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the snooty as, waiter. As a, like, as in, as an A-plus B... B lister, like yeah. the best. He also he was Charlie's Angels. Clue, you remember he was. Clue. Yeah, he was yeah. in Clue. Do you guys remember Mr. Earth Mr. Two? Earth Two. Final I do remember. By Gene Roddenberry. No, no, no. Earth, Earth Two. That I remember. That was a great little show. And Jim Curry was in it. Yep. yep. Earth, Earth Two. Final Conflict mm. by Gene Roddenberry. I think that was so. the name of the yeah. show. Yeah. And it was just like a super sparse planet and whatever. Well, they like settled it kind of, and they were just discovering the planet, and they're like wandering around on yeah, it. Yeah. I remember there was a scene where they're 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 having like a like a ballroom, they're having a party or something, and they're all in a ballroom, but they're all wearing VR helmets, yeah. and they're like walking around outside. And it's yeah, they're all then they're all just actually just like sitting there, and they're like crappy. Exactly. Like, oh, he clothes. did this movie with like a comedy with Sylvester Stallone, where his character still amuses me to this day. Stallone is playing like a 1920s Al Capone kind of gangster, and Tim Curry's playing his My Fair Lady speech therapist. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> round and round. That's great. That's great. A plus. Who did he play in Lion King? Uh, he didn't play. In he Lion didn't King. play anyone in Lion sure? King. You're thinking yeah. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm thinking Jeremy Irons. What was the one where he always said, "I want the Miqua film"? Uh, Charlie's Angels. No, it was pre Charlie's Angels. Anyway, Tim Charlie's Curry. Angels. He put on a fat sumo suit and wrestled Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was also great. Maybe that was Charlie's Angels. Uh, so yeah, no, I think it hit all the right points. Mm-hmm. I think it, I mean, it was unusual. Things I will give like mad props to was that, uh, having an, a lot of violence around kids, mm-hmm. like I said, like, like just covering them in blood and stuff. You don't see that every day, let alone in a like major Hollywood release. Nope. Uh, kids talking like kids. Totally good. They're all cussing each other out and making fun of each other and dropping F-bombs all over the place. Cause mm-hmm. they're like 12 and 13 year olds, man. Like that's. Especially when you're trying to like show off to your kids. That's how they roll. Show off to your buddies. Here's yeah. a, a question. I heard that Henry Bowers is psychotically violent. Henry Bowers. Henry Bowers. The the, the greaser kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard they, he got ramped up. He's oh, pretty yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, but from like, like uh, what's his name? Judd Nelson's character in uh, Breakfast Club to like. Christian I, Slater and Heather's. No, I, I was gonna say I I, I I was gonna say and and I had the thought watching the movie that I was like oh right they are competing with King Joffrey, basically. <laughs> basically, yeah. I was yeah, like yeah. this is what they're like up against as a child to go like everybody knows King Joffrey was just like spearing people with his like gun and like killing whores and just mm-hmm. poisoning his everybody and just like doing all that stuff and I was like they need a, a child villain who is more than that. 
and like that that like that was like the thought I had watching it. Yeah, like like he's could go toe to toe with King Joffrey in a, like a cruelathon. Hmm. Like, yeah, I heard that that was one of the things the changes I heard that pretty yeah super intense. Hey, he went from being a bully with a switchblade to like uh, a socio a psychopath who who he was a little a little cricketery who, who would have been in a horror movie even if it wasn't for the murder clown. Oh yeah, like he could have like you could that kid you could make a, a Loki horror movie about that kid mm-hmm. and it would be still a creepy horror movie speaking of low-key creepy horror i was gonna movies, say do we want to rank yeah. it yeah we can just rank it going into it zone um where's our our top horror movie cabin in the not, woods not that yeah, i yeah, think i was that, gonna say it's way below cabin not that i think that it's up there but just just that's for, the ceiling yeah, yeah that's the ceiling cabin in the woods is the top ranked horror movie yeah below that let's go here i'm gonna say well i'm gonna don't breathe Hmm. I would kind of say below don't breathe. I would also say below don't breathe. And I would put that below resolution while I'm at it. Uh-huh. I'm going into other horror movies. Stand By Me is not a terrible point of reference. That's the same trope. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Stand By Me, Funeral Kings. I kind of feel that that's in that zone. Harry, Because I kind of put it above Harry Potter. <laughs> yep. Which that's Harry the good Potter. Harry Potter. Is that Azkaban? Yeah. Which is my favorite. Harry above Potter. X Machina, are we okay with that? Definitely above Arrival. I'm okay with that. So I think that's kind of in the zone. Like we found its spot ish. Um, above X Machina? I mean. You know, here's the thing X Machina was like a serious film with some ideas. It was like a. Are you saying that the film Hackers was a serious film with ideas? No. Well, <laughs> I mean, yes, it was. But Ex Machina the- is a movie with four actors in it. That yeah. You don't ever just like, oh, I can go get a beer now. Like, well, you can never go get a beer in it either. No. But it's I know. But the- at two hours Ex- and 15 minutes, man, it's like it basically holds your uh, attention. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Ex Machina, is, Ex Machina is a movie about dialogue with four people on screen okay. that you can't get up and walk away from. While it is a movie about a scary murder clown with buckets of blood, yeah, I'm, is I'm, different. Is different. There is animal. difference, but I was gonna say, but at the same time, a horror movie with a two-hour and fifteen-minute runtime that like doesn't feel like it drags is pretty impressive. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not slagging it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they're different. There's uh, apples and dinosaurs. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> um, well, you know, I can see putting it underneath Stand by Me. I'm alright with that. That I. I was going to say, yeah. That high? Would you put it below Funeral Kings? I think the kids' performances in it are better than Funeral Kings. I agree. And then... Yep. I think, yeah, below Stand By Me... Maybe above Coraline. Yep. I'm all right with that. Because, I mean, like, yeah, it's great. Like, I, I was, like, I was, like, thinking about it, and I was, like, I don't... Like, the thing that made it kind of suffer, in a way, was the fact that we did know the story. If this was the first adaptation... Of it, mm-hmm. I think they would. This would be even higher on the list. Like it, it sort of cool. suffers from the fact yeah, that like, no, no. But you know spot. what I mean. But like I was like, I, I was like trying to imagine. I was like, could it have been better? And I was like, the only thing that, like I said, knowing knowing the body count, that unless they veered off real weird, basically all the kids are bulletproof. You know, like, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, like knowing a lot of that stuff kind of like removed me from the terror. Yeah, I didn't think too hard about that stuff. I think its problems were pacing and and yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm all right with where it is. Loki Horror, did you end up watching Creep? I did. With Mark Duplass. Yep. A Loki Horror film, if ever there were a Loki Horror film. Sure was. A cast of two. two. 
Is that? Dude, I don't think anyone. No, no, there's is... a girl all the way at the end. Ooh. The sister? On the phone. Just on the voice phone. on the phone. Um, so here's the setup for the film. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. A guy who's like a videographer. What are you doing? Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> a guy who's like a videographer <laughs> uh, gets like a, answers a Craigslist ad where a guy wants to just follow him around with the camera all day and it's unclear what he's going to be doing. Turns out that the guy says, I'm dying. I have cancer. My wife has an unborn child. I want to make a video for my child to watch. Film right. me. And then almost immediately gets naked and gets into a bathtub and is like, my, one of my favorite childhood memories was taking tubbies with my father, so you have to film this. And then he's like, just imagine me like rubbing your head with the water. So like right away you're like, what? Okay, I, guess, I guess, you know, he wants an like intimate really moment with his kid, you know? <laughs> you give him a little pass and then it gets creepier and creepier. And then it does, yeah, exactly. It gets creepier and creepier. And this is Mark Duplass, who's playing, uh, who's mostly on camera. The other guy, uh, I want to say his name is Patrick Bryce, mm -hmm. um, who also co-wrote the film with Mark Duplass, is basically manning the camera. And then it kind of switches back and forth a little bit. What Mark Duplass is set up to really be the bad guy, like, early on. Yeah. But what it does, I think, work relatively well is for, like, little bits and pieces towards the middle – it A, makes you think that Bryce might be the bad guy for like a moment. Okay. No, but you know what I mean? Like the uh, the drink scene. Yeah, maybe. I didn't really ever think it was serious. Well, he does drug him, right? Yeah. Like, and I was like, and like as watching watching this movie, knowing that it's like an indie horror film or whatever, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, because at this point you don't know if Mark Duplass is or isn't. You just know he might be a weird goofball. Right. You right, know, right. and then I was like, this would be a kind of a neat twist. If it's the guy with the camera, it's the but guy with the camera. Yeah. And it goes back to being Mark Duplass, but then Mark Duplass kind of tries to do this thing where he always sort of tries to get you back on his side. And he does it with like some success. A little bit. Like I found, I found the climax of the film didn't have enough oomph to keep me like riveted. And there was like a very long sequence of, of like high tension that just didn't connect with me. And so I was kind of like, okay, here you guys are. Now you're running around. It's real quiet, and it's meant to be like edge of your seat tense. And I was like, just yeah. not in I mean, it at all. It, I, it certainly has its failings. Yeah. Uh, not enough failings apparently to not warrant a sequel because they are making a sequel. It's worth a sequel. I, like like th this, this like as a concept for like this guy twisting it around back on the guy is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's super fun. And I mean, yeah. I guess like, do you want to spoil the ending or whatever? Like, you could. Sure. Yeah. So. It turns out that yes, Mark Duplass is the creep, and he's a murderer. Obviously, but I I loved the the post the postscript uh -huh. where he was just sort of like, "What are you doing, man? You had like you had nine one one on speed dial, and like you knew to film it, but then you like didn't even turn around. You're just sitting there, You're like because like, like basically the character yeah. like goes to meet Mark Duplass's character at a, like a at a public location, and is just like sitting there in a park bench just sort of like looking out into the sky then Mark Duplass just like creeps up behind him puts on a wolf mask and just like gets the guy in the head with an axe and then he just like pauses rewinds plays again pauses rewinds plays again and then it cuts and it's Mark Duplass watching the video being like what's going on here like why like because it was great because like as a viewer I was like what why? the why why yeah. doesn't he turn around I'm like are we really expected to buy this and he's like yeah. and he's like and then I realized it's because you're the best person in the world you really didn't think I was a bad guy. You really wanted to trust me. You really wanted to trust me. That's you me. idiot. You didn't even realize your life was in danger. <laughs> you trusted me that much. 
Like, yeah. It was pretty yeah. fun. I feel as a as a I would have been super pumped if I had watched this at Fantasia. Oh, totally. This would have been a like top of Fantasia kind of list. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. like it was smart, it was clever, it had a seventy seven minute runtime, which I liked. Yeah, super quick movie. And also it like didn't didn't try to do all kinds of crazy special effects with its budget. You know, like it it got the creepiness factor out of a scene with a guy sitting in a bathtub and a guy talking to I him. Love, did you see the uh, was successful. what it was the, the Lessons the, from Saul. The, yeah. yeah, the the well, working the sure. working title yeah, of it was called sure. Peach Fuzz, which <laughs> yeah. was like the uh, the wolf mask, the, the, the wolf mask, the name of the wolf mask. And he's like, I love it's a terrible song. Yeah. And like apparently, tons as Mark Duplass has done with uh, like plush uh, plush plushy chair, or whatever that guy is. Okay. Like Mark Duplass has like this whole like series of like mumblecore movies, which are, are kind of improv. This follows that same kind of like obvious not formula, but it's like. They have ideas for scenes, and they know what happens in the scene, but then the actual dialogue is basically, like, improvised, and they cut it down. Right. So so that song was improvised? Yeah, yeah he's just sort of like, he's just sort of like, like, it's a terrible song. He's like, here comes Peach Fuzz running up the stairs. He's a happy <laughs> wolf, and you love him, because his name is Peach Fuzz. And he's just sort of like, that song, my, my dad used to sing that song all the time. And, like, two minutes later, he's like... I made that song up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad, that wasn't the song that my dad sang. Because, <laughs> like, it doesn't rhyme or anything. <laughs> it's just <laughs> awful. But, yeah, so then, then they were, like, the reason why they changed the movie from Peach Fuzz is because they were, like, we didn't want people watching the movie, like, and then not understanding for, like, the first 35 minutes. <laughs> what the fuck is why Peach is the, Why am I watching this movie about two dudes filming each other called Peach Fuzz? Uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. Yep. Uh, and, and I mean, next week, maybe all three of us will watch the Netflix movie. I hope so. But uh, I guess we can... <laughs> it, was, right. it was hard to like Fine. find a moment to watch this and not Fate of the Furious. Are we going to um, put this on the list? I, I feel Creep. we should. Yeah. Yeah, we I'm, I'm looking time. low. Yep. Descent territory kind of... I, I mean, that's good territory for it. I would say perhaps a little below Descent. And then I don't know if I could put it below Return of Xander Cage. Even no, you shut up. That movie was fine. <laughs> well, right below that is The Mask of Zorro. I would even put it... I mean... Because I feel like The Descent, for all the fact that it ages a little poorly, it still stands up, I think. For, Absolutely. For, Descent for, like, is still like, a great like, horror movie. Yeah. Like Jurassic, Par- Jurassic World is a little bit below that. I would put it above kind of Jurassic World. It's smarter than Jurassic World. It's smarter than Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like it's like don't don't let's not use Suicide Squad as a benchmark because it's terrible. Terrible. Wrong said, like, we're gonna have a special like ten to fifteen minute episode where we deal with Suicide Squad. Yeah, you were so into it. <laughs> I was, and it's faded fast. Uh, well, I could I, I would go above Rubber, above Evil Dead, above yeah all that stuff. So like I said, I find like Descent is good territory for it. I would like I'm personally feeling right below Descent. Above Xander Cage. I didn't see Xander Cage. I did see Mask of Zero, and I could I could go either way between Creep and Mask of Zero. So I'm okay with just below Descent and above Xander Cage, but that's cool. up to you. No, no, I trust yeah. you on that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Because it, it, it's still Triple X. This, the, yeah. The prequel. <laughs> hmm? Return yeah. of Xander Cage is still the threequel to Triple yeah. X. Right. The, it is what it is. So speaking of uh, Vin Diesel properties, you really want to talk about Fate and the Furious. I just want to talk about it quickly because when a movie delivers on exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's and Fate and the Furious. It's Fate and the Furious. Like, <laughs> good films, God, does that movie. Films, there are as many Fast and the Furious films as there are Harry Potter. <laughs> like the next one where they will pass Harry Potter. In wow. The there's almost as many Fast and the Furious movies as there is Star Trek movies. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a spoiler here. The reason, the, 
honest spoiler, real spoiler. Okay, right. So the, the, the plot line of Fate and the Furious, as I've surmised from 30 seconds of watching clips, is that there's the Fast and the Furious crew, who at this point are now basically like government mercenaries who get hired for like special jobs to drive up fast. stuff and with their cars and use yep. their cars as airplanes and all that stuff. I were always like a band of loyal brothers. And now Dom is working for the enemy. Fate and the Furious. Yeah, but why is he working for the enemy? Here's the spoiler. Money. No. They have his son. What? He's got a son. Oh, no. Oh, crazy. And it's like a full-grown son? No, it's a little baby son. Uh, Because I'd be the best. Hey, Dad. (laughs) He suddenly has like a 20-year-old son. You're like, weird. But they don't. don't, No one knows he has a son, so no one knows why he's working against them. But he is. Oh. And then all of a sudden, Jason Statham rescues his son. Yeah, no twist because they, they they I love that they they do that thing where they like they introduce characters and then the actors have so much fun doing it they're like please bring me back because <laughs> like wasn't Jason Statham killed? No, no, he wasn't killed, but oh, he was in two of the ones before six and seven. Yeah, and he's always been a bad guy. He's been he's like an un- been he's been like an unstoppable killing machine. So twist. He's like a a parkour ninja. Yeah. MI six agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who drives cars really well? Of course, they all drive cars really well. Well, in this scene, he has a crazy gunfight while holding a baby. Nice. I'll uh, shoot him up. Nice. It's, like it. it's shoot him up was really fucking good. Yeah. Well, this is better because Jason Statham is more charming than Clive Owen. I can see that. It's, it's wise. True. Yeah. This no. is the podcast where you learn about the host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they name the son has, doesn't have a name yet. Do so they name him Paul? They Walker. name him Brian after Paul Walker. And, oh my God! No. Sunset. It'd be so much better if they just named him Paul Walker. I really thought <laughs> it's Paul Walker, Walker. Diesel. <laughs> what? Paul Walker Toretto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I feel mm. bad that I haven't seen this movie. They uh, they released yep. a Fast and uh, Fate and the Furious. They released Dom Toretto's car in Rocket League, and it's the car that I drive in mm-hmm. Rocket League. So yeah, I feel like that, I, that crazy snow charger with the bulletproof. Windshield. Yeah. And yes, the, I drive the snow charger. It's got a, you guys. It's got an EMP on it in the uh, back. It just, I mean, I guess that makes sense. They just like, modified that, and now it can fly. Rocket League. So <laughs> is this a top-notch action movie? Again, it, it just delivers. I feel it has to rank above Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to go... Kong Skull Island. Above that. Above that, wow. Top Gun. <laughs> no, not above that. That's where it goes. <laughs> there it goes, Top Gun. And... I was like, I'm like, buddy. I, was I like, thought... Um, Top Gun delivers on what what promised. Yeah, Kong, no, I mean, I, Kong I, delivers on on movie as promised. I feel that like Top Gun in a way is the 1986 Fast and the Furious. It's true, like in lots mm-hmm. of ways. It's just like I, I watched, I rewatched most of Top Gun in like, Calgary. It was on TV. In the there's hotel. nothing, there's nothing like oh, touching or emotionally deep about Fate of the Furious. Are you kidding me? He has what? a son. Yeah, but and then Jason. I bet you they play piano part. music like. It's for my son, and they're like, oh, oh. So and then Luda's like, I oh. get it. Oh. And it's slow. How many times? Oh, how many times do people like walk away, then turn and look back? How many? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you know how every bad guy has like that one tough mercenary that 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 is the muscle? Yeah, the, to uh, the Hans the Gruber. Boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that guy. Mm-hmm. You know who that guy is? It's the goddamn red beard dude from Game of Thrones. Nice, nice. Norman, giant yeah. pain. I like that. Uh, He's like, fuck you, Dom. I'm gonna just put you down if you get out of line. It's so good. So now we have a choice, guys. We have a choice to either talk about a video game or talk about Alien Covenant. I wouldn't mind putting off Alien Covenant. Oh, no, I, do, I, see I do it. really want to see it. Okay, cool. Yeah. And like, I, I, I really tried to make it work, but there were some problems. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a video game. You guys could, should see it because it's so deeply flawed. Yeah, I, I'm excited. It is, it is the opposite of The Fate of the Furious <laughs> in that it takes a beloved franchise. And I, mean, kind I, mean, of I, mean, I was reading about it uh, at, like in production and stuff like that, and I was just like following, and it just seems like 
I guess we're going to talk about it next week, but it just yeah. seems like hyper ambitious to the fact that they also like the whole second arc of the film. They're trying to time match with the events of Prometheus and stuff. All but, right, all right, all right. We'll do this. We'll what? do this next week. Yeah, I mean, you you might not have realized this because apparently it's a mess, but they're trying to match up stuff because of Dave and uh, Dave and Walter, or whatever. They have like a they have a coexisting timeline because the uh, because of Fazbender's droid. So stuff has to happen in a way. That's uh, that's what I read anyway. That doesn't even make any sense with the plot of the Perhaps movie. <laughs> it has not made the final cut, but apparently that was like one of the things they were trying to go for in uh in Covenant. Like uh, anyway. David and Walter are two different characters playing two played different played both by Fastbender. Yeah, both by Fastbender because they're they're freaking They're droids. droids yeah, they're but... just like the future iterations of themselves. So wait, before we talk about Alien mm-hmm. Covenant next week, just does Michael Fastbender kiss Michael Fastbender on the mouth? No. <laughs> but there is a little bit of tension there. Okay. But but Creepy Fastbender and Good Fastbender, they, they, they pretty much don't like each other right off the bat. Okay, because hmm. uh, I, I had apparently heard about that too. That there was like a maybe it's a, maybe it was a cutting room floor. Maybe maybe in the next one there'll but be a some Fastbender fast on Fastbender like kind of like like a like a, a hate love hate. Anyway, watch the movie. It, it's not really there, but like nothing's really there. Write it yourself movie. and have fastfic. Perhaps I shall. Uh, I'm playing. Shadow of Mordor, uh-huh. a 2014 game. The reason why it's kind of relevant is that uh, the sequel comes out in less than a month. That's uh, kind of relevant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but I was like, okay. And this was a game that, like, by by all accounts, even though it was like a AAA massively produced game, was like almost a sleeper hit, mm-hmm. right? Like, it came out to not a lot of fanfare, and then everybody who played it said it was great, and then everybody who played it said it was great, and yeah. it like won Game of the Year accolades and all that stuff. One thing that was super weird about it, one of the things that initially put me off of it is I believe it was released by Warner Brothers or whatever. Hmm. Uh, but they um, got immediately slammed uh, online for the fact that they were doing, like, very publicly uh, giving release copies in exchange for positive reviews. Mm. And, like, uh, I think, like, the Giant Bomb guys, like, literally even, like, had front page, this is what they tried to get us to sign. Wow. And, like, all this. And Warner Brothers. Yeah, which I mean, yeah. like, it's so. But also, I feel kind of like it's like sp- it's like a testament to the state of the industry because, by all rights, they had a really good game on their hands, and they were still like looking they for that. They didn't game. know. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like it's so weird. Like, you have like so the core of this game, in terms of the mechanics of what your dude is actually doing, it's a lot like uh, the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Like, you run around, you have like your attack button, you have your counter button, and good timing will get you through most combats. So you're like, okay, sure. so it's fun. It's set in Middle Earth. What makes this game actually super interesting is that the orc army is like a living, breathing thing that is always happening while the game goes mm-hmm. on. So you have like your low-level captains, your elite captains, and your war chiefs. You can kill them, and they have relationships within each other. They're skirmishing. Like on the map or whatever, you'll see two of them are skirmishing and like vying for power within the structure. You can either intervene and like ensure that one of them does go up in power or the other one, or mm-hmm. you can just leave it go, and it'll just... Take care of itself. Do you think we talked about this when it came out? I, feel I don't like think any of us have played it. Danny played it and I played it. Mm. I feel like we did this. Anyway. anyway, I, I, I mean, I don't think... Keith, are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Like I'm a... not even a Lord of the Rings fan. Like, And it still managed to get me. I was like, okay, like everybody told me I need to play this game. Andrew went crazy for it. He platinumed it. And mm-hmm. it was $6 on PlayStation Plus <laughs> for the Game yeah. of the Year edition with all the DLC. So I was right, like, right. for 6 bucks, I will like... like, And this is like a almost universally lauded game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I was like... For six dollars, I'm gonna totally take a spin it. on this, uh, and yeah, it's super cool. Like the the fact that like if a if a little orc like Gribbly, like a Goomba kills you. 
because he kills you, you're you've bonded with a wraith in this game, so you always can come back. That's mm. how if you die, it just keeps going. It doesn't actually like restart or anything. Mm. But if that orc who kills you gets promoted to captain, so he can have his own little rise up the ranks, like just a regular old Goomba orc now becomes a captain and can rise through the ranks. And it's just super cool how they have like the world keeps going while you're playing and you can like influence it and you in fact have to like the mission that I'm doing right now uh, I have to like eliminate the war chiefs and in order to eliminate the war chiefs if I just go up and I try to fight a war chief right away he's going to call in his bodyguards they're going to show up with their crew and I'll just die so I need to like get intelligence to figure out which of the army is that war chief's crew knock them off before I even consider attacking because so he when he like calls his reinforcements they're all dead Mm -hmm. so he doesn't have like orcs directly loyal to him so I'm like Outside of the story, that's just, like, super compelling and fun. Like, I'm like, I don't even care what the story is and how it fits, apparently, within the 60 years in between Hobbit and uh, the Lord of the Rings series. I'm just like, this is super fun. And they're making it in the new one. They're upping the Nemesis series to, apparently, like, late stage in the game, you get to brand orcs. And then you can create orcs, like, fully loyal to you. Crazy. And then, so when they're involved in skirmishes and stuff, you definitely want to help them out. So then you can have, like... You can, like, literally, like, wreck the army from the inside. So it's, like, sometimes it'll be, like, you need this one. Oh, that one's loyal to you. And that just, that whole mission becomes a cake, cakewalk. Like, you don't even need to <laughs> do anything. In the next iteration, they're adding fortresses and stuff. So you're, like, because it's going to take place, like, immediately after. And apparently it's going to be fun because you're going to have your cross save, your main nemesis, and your most loyal follower carry over, carry over into the next. the next one. So, cool. like, yeah, which is super fun. Uh, but, yeah, they're building fortresses and stuff because, like, the next one, it's, like, it's very much public information at this point that you're like there's this half wraith half man who has his own orc army right so what's the downside to dying huh what's the downside to dying the orcs get stronger all the orcs are just the orc that kind of all of them okay (laughs) but in theory if you let the same goomba kill you a bunch of times you could make him into sauron yeah, well, yeah, you you could <laughs> you could like you could up his he could up his prestige to the point where he'd be like become a problem like pretty quick like if you just like keep he, running you could hunt him down and then commit suicide in front of him <laughs> yeah or something but yeah no I just I was like it's well that's how I would play that game <laughs> <laughs> but to me uh, like the what it what it's done I think is like I think it's the first game that has successfully like it kind of takes like that like Far Cry uh, like Grand Theft Auto like stuff is going on all the time and mm-hmm. giving it like a structure hmm. you know like the given like open world stuff's going on all over the place but then like giving it a structure with like ramifications and consequence i was gonna say and it matters like you actually yeah. need to pay attention to this stuff and yeah. it's interesting yeah, yeah. exactly because like if you like, t- like took that sort of concept to like a far cry game when there's little like skirmishes going on between gangs yeah the winner is now in a better position you know like they mm-hmm. might have actually taken over that camp or whatever you know and like could increase in their power i don't know i think it was just like very uh do you always have to play as human yeah yeah you're one character you're italian isn't it always like a story it's like about one guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's about one specific dude not everybody gets to be uh possessed by a uh, high elf wraith man that's not like a normal thing haven't read the books come on now and that was the other thing that they did like uh, sometimes i like to play horde i don't know what you're talking about yeah hmm uh but then you get to control the orcs you see and the orcs are all are all super different. Like every t- every time you play, like they're they're procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. So it's like your favorite orc and my favorite orc are going to be completely different. It's not like oh, there's X orcs really good. I feel like that's just going to happen anyways. Keith, we have we have different very tastes. different tastes in orcs. Very different tastes <laughs> in orcs. Um, but anyway, yeah, the um, zero punctuation about it kind of talked about. They were like it also did the like nearly insurmountable task 
of having a thing within like an existing IP that has no real identifiable characters other than Gollum still be like beloved by fans of the IP. You know, because you're just sort of like, there's yeah. almost always backlash if you're like, why am totally. I not playing my favorite character? Imagine that, though. You make a good game and people will respect it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's outside like, of what? The only uh, one I could think of was Star Enter the Wars. Matrix. Star Wars. Those ones that everyone liked that I hated. There's Coder. a ton of Star Wars Coder. games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Star Wars is kind of good about that. Yeah. Like, I'm people not people like Coder. Kyle Katarn. There's like multiple games about him. Four games about him. And he's not, not in any of the movies. Not anything. Anyway, Ape, yeah. uh, I'm excited. It, t- it did take me, if you are out there, I think there's still like a super cheap deal on it. I feel like it's still buy Six bucks game, like, on PS Plus? Six yeah. bucks or whatever, ten bucks on Steam or something. Yeah. It did take, I will say, like two or three hours for me to kind of get into it. Because mm. until you kind of really get into that orc business, you're just like, I'm just playing Batman. Right. <laughs> like It's like until that element happens, I'm like, I'm playing Batman, but in yeah, more dollars. You gotta get up in that orc business. Yeah, get up I think that was the 95. That was the 95 Entertainment Center. Thanks, everybody. site in general uh please take the time to like us on facebook we are number nine to five d-o-t-c-c nine to five dot c-c on facebook and uh also follow us on twitter we're at sign number nine to number five c-c on twitter so uh and also be sure to check back on the site for something on mondays probably uh we have zombies and loathing after the bomb usually on tuesdays we have a new comic in 95 illustrated every wednesday a new podcast every week usually on thursday it's either going to be a 90s or a go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks nine to five dot cc we're not working why should you Thanks for listening.